Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to church at 10. It is 10 o'clock, so let's start, shall we? Welcome to everyone. This is a uh, service at 10 o'clock. This is with communion as well. Our theme is Do Not Worry. And uh, that applies to all of us, doesn't it? Do Not Worry. And John Language is our preacher this morning. Uh, so that'll be later on. And uh, Sue and Claire and Naomi are leading us in song and music this morning. Uh, Wednesday, we have a midweek communion service at 10 o'clock, <clears throat> 10 a.m. Uh, Wednesday morning. Everybody, anybody's welcome at that midweek commun uh, communion service. Now, Susie has a little note you want to give, don't you, Susie? So, okay. Over to you. Good morning, everyone. Um, I don't know if there's anybody here who hasn't a clue who I am. But I would just thought I'd take the opportunity to say my name's Susie Goodchild. I'm married to Martin, and every now and then we go out to Kenya on a trip to work with some pastors who work with unreached people out in northern and eastern tribes of Kenya. And we're heading out in two weeks' time on the 28th of February. And usually before we go, we put out a newsletter, and many of you here have the newsletter. If there's anybody who's here who would like a newsletter and doesn't get one, please see me afterwards. And if anybody's here who has never had one and you'd like to have one, please don't hesitate to ask me. And if you can't catch me after the service, my, my phone number is in the telephone directory. And I want to thank you again because you've just prayed for us for so long. I've been in ministry for 30 years and Martin's been in it for himself for 40. So it's quite a long haul to keep praying for people and to keep interested. So I want to honour your respect and your love and your faithfulness. Thank you. As you'll know, Jeanette um, stepped down from her role as Children's and Families Missioner in early January this year. And uh, I think Jeanette will agree that it's been a far from easy road for her and her family these last few months and even years. And uh, we as a church have adapted uh, to, as Rachel has taken on the role on an interim basis uh, as Jeanette stepped down. Now, it's my understanding that Jeanette isn't leaving uh, Christchurch altogether, uh, but it's right that we take this opportunity, Jeanette, to, to say thank you to you. A very big thank you to you for all you did during your time as, as children's worker for Christchurch and Baston Hill. So we want to uh, thank you and wish you all the best uh, for all that the future, <coughs> excuse me, all the future may bring. <coughs> and so, Jeanette, do you want to come on up? And uh, we've got some gifts to present to you uh, as tokens and uh, of our thanks to you. So let me just grab these. They can hold all this all at once, but that is this is from all the church. There's oh, something in there you might like as well, and these as well. So um, I don't really want to say anything, but oh, just a thank you, I guess. Um, yeah, just thank you for all the support you've given me, not only as the children and families worker, but also personally. I've made so many friends. You've been lovely. You've got hearts of gold. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing. Thank you. Now, I've noticed Jacob Poppy here as well. Do you want to come on up? We'll pray blessing on you uh, 
as a family, and so it's really important we do that at this point. So do you want to come up with other people if you want to, or just whatever? No, do you want to, do you want to stay there? Okay, Jake's done there. Well, let's, let's maybe reach out our hand uh, to, to this family and pray blessing on them at uh, this time. Father, we pray your blessing over Jake, uh, Jeanette and Poppy. Uh, at this point in, in their lives, Lord, we know that it's not been an easy road for them. Uh, and Lord, you alone know what is uh, ahead of them. Uh, but Lord, we, we pray your protection, your hand upon them, uh, that you would walk with them on this road they're on, and that you will lead them into all that you have ready for them as a family. And we bless you, Lord, for them, for all that they've done, all they are, all that they will be. And we know you will travel with them, and you are with them, Lord. Your right hand and your, your strong right hand is upon them to bless them and to keep them. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, swiftly uh, to Rachel, um, who I think has got her own sort of notice to give, as it were. So, come on up, Rachel. Hello, I'm just here to ask for some helpers for the children's team. If it's something that you don't want to do, just be praying that the right people will come and so that we can support and nurture the children. Um, here, so that's age three to eleven. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, do seek out Rachel because uh, she can't do it all on her own, and uh, she needs a team around her. So please do, do have a word with her when you can. That'd be great. Okay, so a call to worship, and there's going to be some opening words on the screen, and there's something that you can do to join in with uh, at each point. So the first one will be our hearts. The next one will be our eyes, and then the last one will be our hands. So let's, when it gets to that, please do join in as appropriate. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet God provides for the basic sustenance of life. And we say, may our hearts be open to trust you. Look at the birds of the air. They neither study nor plan nor plot their course. And yet God writes the instincts for migration into their hearts. May our eyes be open to see you. Look at the birds of the air. They neither talk nor vote nor debate their responsibility. Yet God, God weaves into them into communities, them into communities which nurture and defend. May our hands be open to serve you. So Lord, come and be with us as we worship you. Uh, lift our worries from us and may we be ready to worship you and serve you in Jesus' name. So let's stand and sing together, led in song by Sue and Naomi and Claire.
found in you and you alone and you Lord hold us in the palm of your hands we thank you amen do have a seat and do join in these words in bold type as we pray almighty God to whom all hearts are open all desires known and from whom no secrets are hidden Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins, to be our advocate in heaven, and to bring us to eternal life. So we come before him to confess our sins in penitence and faith, firmly resolved to keep God's commands and to live in love and peace with all. Do join in the words in bold type. God, our Father, we come to you in sorrow for our sins, for turning away from you 
and ignoring your will in our lives. Father, forgive us. For behaving just as we wish, without thinking of you. Father, forgive us. For failing you by what we do and think and say. Father, forgive us. For letting ourselves be drawn away from you by temptations in the world around us. Father, forgive us. For living as if we were ashamed to belong to your Son. Father, forgive us. Let's just have a moment of quiet as we've said these words to God. And so may the God of love and power forgive you and free you from your sins, heal and strengthen you by his Spirit, and raise you to new life in Christ our Lord. Amen. Now Rachel is there at the back ready for any younger ones who want to go and do some uh, crafts uh, activities there. And uh, I believe there's a group for young people today uh, that Ellie's leading, is that right? Um, so uh, Ellie's um, I think going out now, that, that's, that's right. So, um, so 11s to 15s with Ellie, anybody younger than that with Rachel. Um, so let's, let's pray for them now, shall we? Father, we thank you for every younger person who's part of our fellowship. Uh, we pray your hand to be upon them, your hand of protection and nurture and encouragement. Uh, be with them now as they do their own activities. Bless them and their leaders in Jesus' name. Amen. So we'd like to stand and we're going to sing our next song that reminds us that God is always faithful and he is unchanging in his love for us. Let's stand and sing this song together.
And so, Lord, as we hear your word read now and hear your words preached, we pray that our hearts will be open to you, to all that you want to say to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Colin's going to bring us our Bible reading, and then John Language will be coming to preach. This morning's reading is taken from Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to 34, and can be found on page number 971 in the Church Bible. Headed, Do Not Worry. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not, life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you much, not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will, not he, mu will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Ah, oh, you're awake. That's excellent. Lovely. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you? As Colin said, the reading is uh, on page uh, 971 in your church Bible, and um, I hope you've all got it open in front of you. You really should. First, to check if what I'm saying is actually coming from God's Word. And secondly, if I get really boring, you've got something really good to read in front of you. Okay, so the 
good reasons to have the Bible open in front of you. Jesus said, uh, do not worry. Seems straightforward, quite clear. Um, perhaps this will be the shortest uh, sermon in Christchurch history, I don't know. Is there anything else to say? Um, before we finish, we should, we should just check that we've got it all. And uh, let's just look, because if we leave things out, something that's there that we don't mention, um, it can have quite a significant effect on the meaning. Uh, there was a, a Bible that was printed with a word missing from the seventh commandment. So it said, do commit adultery which is considerably different to what God really wanted. So let's just check. Um, uh, yeah. Actually, there, there is a word there. Therefore. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Um, and that's quite an important little word. Therefore. Therefore. That means because of this. The instruction not to worry is a consequence or a conclusion to what he said before. So the bit that's gone before is quite important to us understanding this passage about do not worry. So if you have your Bibles open, you see, it, it's important. You can look back, and if we look back to sort of verses 19 to uh, 24, we'll read about a stark choice between two different options. And, and Jesus expresses it in three ways. And firstly, he says, choose. Choose between two treasures. You've got earthly treasure, which rots and rusts and fades and can be stolen. And of course, you can't take it with you when you go. Or there's spiritual treasure, which lasts forever. Choose. And then he says, Choose one of two eye conditions. Eyes that are good, giving light, or eyes that are bad, leading to darkness. I've always found that a little bit, I quite understand it. And then, so, it's, a, it's actually a, a little picture about living in the light of God's truth, or in the darkness which comes from ignoring it. So it's like saying, you've got your eyes open to God, or are you closing your eyes to try and ignore him and make him go away? And then the third thing he says, choose one master, either God or mammon. And, and John Stott frames this whole passage as all about ambition. Ambition is about our goals in life. Or as the Spice Girls put it, you know, what I want, what I really, really want. Um, I've got the whole Bible here and I'm quoting from the Spice Girls. What on earth is the word? What's the world coming to? I do apologize. But what is it that we've set our hearts upon? How have we chosen between the two treasures? How have we chosen between light and darkness, between God and man? And, and Jesus here, clearly, he's making a pitch to encourage us to choose heavenly treasure, to choose light and to choose God as master. 
And if we do, he says, there is no need to worry. So the therefore, which begins the passage, says if you choose God rather than mammon, if you choose the spiritual life rather than material gain, if you choose God's truth and Christian values rather than the every man for himself alternative, then this will be the consequences in the way that you live. You will not need to worry. Do not worry about what you eat and drink or what you wear, the basic practicalities of life. So these things are the obsession of those who have chosen mammon and material things rather than God. And to be honest, that's most people in our society. Look at the adverts that bombard us from uh, televisions and billboards and just about everywhere. It's all about stuff. It's all about stuff that you can own and have it now and have the best of stuff. The Joneses next door have got it. You must have it too. And it will make life splendid and wonderful. Well, it won't. Sorry. Or it's about how we look. You know, the fashion police tell us lime green is so last year's color throw your wardrobe away and have forest green. I did look carefully to see whether anybody was wearing green, and I'm safe, I'm safe. But you know, the fashion police, uh, it's a con. You know, they haven't got to me yet. As you can tell, I'm still locked um, several centuries ago in what I wear. But I'm encouraged that fashion will probably come back to meet me again in another couple of centuries. But says Jesus, if you have chosen God rather than mammon, all this stuff will not be important to you. Your ambition, your heart's desire, your motivation will be for other things. Jesus here points out that common sense tells you that worrying is unproductive. It doesn't work. You can't add an hour to your life or a cubit to your height. A cubit to your height? We could do that by worrying. But I wouldn't want a cubit. That would make me seven feet tall. I don't want to be seven feet tall. I wouldn't mind being five foot ten, but not seven feet tall. But you, you can't do that by worrying. You can't add to your bank account or put food on the table through worrying. It achieves nothing. Worrying is a waste of time and thought and nervous energy. And it's counterproductive. It means that you pay twice for trouble. If our worry is about what might happen in the future, that's what worry is, might happen in the future. If the trouble doesn't materialize as expected, you've just wasted all that nervous energy. If the trouble does come, you've just paid for that worry, that, that anxiety twice. And why would you want to do that? So common sense tells us that worry is unproductive. But the Bible tells us that worry is incompatible with Christian faith. If you trust God, why worry? Does he know our needs? Of course he does. He's already done the hard part, creating us with our amazing bodies. I, I need to rephrase that. I'm not saying that I have an amazing body. I'm saying that our bodies are an incredible creation by God. What a wonderful thing the body is. If he's done the hard part, why would he not do the easy bit and sustain us? 
if he clothes nature in such wonderful beauty, aren't we worth far more than flowers to the God who made us in his own image and made us the pinnacle of his creation? If we've chosen God over mammon, spiritual treasure over earthly treasure, then these things are unimportant. And the great, powerful, generous God that we love and serve is able to provide them. Trust God. Trust God. He's got it in hand. Now let's pause at this point. It actually says that there, but I'm going to pause it. Let's pause at this point and clarify what's meant by worry. He is talking about anxious thoughts. He is not talking uh, forbidding thinking or forethought. It's right and proper to make sensible plans for the future. Bishop Ryle expressed it as prudent provision for the future is right Wearing and corroding and self-tormenting anxiety is wrong. Or as Barclay puts it in his commentary, he says, Jesus is not advocating a shiftless, thriftless, reckless, thoughtless, improvident attitude to life. He is forbidding a careworn, worried fear which takes all the joy out of living. So, Forethought and thought is good, but anxious thought. And we, we need to be a little careful when we declare, do not worry, because they're easily un misunderstood. Um, three things. Number one, it's not saying, don't work, just relax, put your feet up, have a nap in the afternoon, and God will miraculously put your dinner on the table when you're ready. If you take that attitude, you will starve to death. God provides by giving us the means to provide for ourselves through work. And he quotes the birds, and the birds are, is a wonderful example because the birds go out and work hard to collect what God has provided in nature for them. And we need to go and and uh, find out what God's provided for us already and not expect him to just pop it on the table when it's six o'clock. Number two, it's not saying God provides for everyone. <laughs> well, God provides for us also. I don't have to be concerned with the needs of others. The Bible is clear that we should have a heart for the poor and disadvantaged, those in trouble, those unable to provide for themselves. Sometimes he provides for them through us. So we need to have a heart for that. And thirdly, it doesn't say God will provide so there will never be a problem. Being free from worry and being free from trouble are different things. He never promised us we would be free from trouble. The end of our passage, it says... Uh, um, each day has trouble of its own. Every day will bring its troubles. What he does promise is that whatever trouble we go through, he will be there with us and give us the resources to get through it. And Jesus concludes this section 
as he returns to his central point, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And Stott, again, connects this seeking with ambition. We seek what is important to us, the things that we really want, what is deep in our heart. If we've chosen spiritual treasure over all the material stuff which rusts and rots, if we have chosen eyes wide open to God rather than deliberately shut and ignoring him, if we've chosen God as our master rather than mammon, then we will seek and long for God's righteousness to be seen in our character and his kingdom promoted through our lives. This is about living guided by kingdom values, which will often be in stark contrast to the world around us. We've already noted the different emphasis, depending on your choices, which, which route you've chosen, a very different emphasis on material things. But there are many more ways in which our seeking God's kingdom and righteousness will impact our living and our desires and our character. For example, honesty, transparency and integrity. Instead of the alternative, which is half-truths and covering things up and withholding information. We live in an age where truth is a casualty. We live in an age where truth is a casualty. From Trump and his alternative facts to Harry and Meghan with our truth, as if everybody can choose what truth they have. That's not God's way. God's truth is definitive and not open to our particular choice. But there are other things, love and compassion, not division or anger. Generosity instead of greed, selfishness uh, is, is wrong and selflessness, I got those two the wrong way around, you see. Selflessness should be in our character rather than selfishness. Forgiveness rather than revenge, respect rather than contempt. All these are marks of choosing God's way rather than the other. And so I guess the challenge to us is, uh, what is our ambition? What is the motivation deep in our heart? And we really need to stop and work through that. Because we might think, oh, we've, we, oh, we've got it right, we're Christians and all of that. How's it showing in your character? Are you seeking God's righteousness and his kingdom? Is it working out in the way that you live? Because I think it's very easy for us sometimes to slip into the world's way. And our hearts aren't quite right with seeking God and his righteousness. So, is it spiritual treasure rather than earthly treasure? Really? Is it eyes open to God rather than eyes shut, ignoring him? Really? Is God your master 
or is actually mammon that's in the heart of us? If you've rejected all the stuff that the world around you says is important, you reject that. You no longer worry about it. You've chosen God instead, and in your heart, you'll be seeking God's kingdom and righteousness. And that desire will show in your lifestyle and your character. And you will know that God is always there with you. God who knows your needs and will provide for you. God who loves you to bits and wants the very best for you. God who is trustworthy and can be absolutely depended upon. Why would you worry? Of course, if you've chosen the other way, and that what you really, really want are all the material things, and you've shut your eyes and ignored God, and your master is mammon, and that's a choice that people make. Well, if I were you, I'd get the worry beads out. Very, very searching questions that he's posed to me. Uh, and God challenges us to uh, reflect before him how we're living for him. So let's, uh, let's as we, we're going to sing as a, as a way of responding. Obviously, there's no right way to respond. But this is a way of responding. And we're going to sing, uh, The Lord's My Shepherd. Uh, so as we sing, let's be thinking, praying, reflect on how are we living for God in this world, in light of what we just heard. So feel free to stay sat or stand, whatever you like, but let's sing this song.
And so we turn to prayer. And uh, the response, when I say, Lord, hear us, please would you respond, the Lord graciously hear us. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. I'll leave a little time of quiet after each topic of prayer for you to pray in the quiet of your own heart. So let's pray. Creator God, you gave us this wonderful world and you have made us stewards of it to take care of it. You have made us a family of nations to care for each other and to care for the world around us, despite our differences of race, colour, creed or gender. Too often we are selfish, only thinking of ourselves. And so we ask you to forgive our selfishness, widen our vision, and help us to be the caring people of God you have called us to be. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Father God, we thank you for all those who take risks and make sacrifices for others in their daily work. And especially for the men and women who work in our emergency services. Help us to respect and appreciate our fire service, police, ambulance drivers and paramedics. And bless them with the support of the communities that depend so heavily on them in times of crisis. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. This prayer was written by Archbishop Justin and Archbishop Stephen. Prayer for Ukraine. God of peace and justice, we pray for the people of Ukraine today. We pray for peace and the laying down of weapons. We pray for all those who fear for tomorrow, that your spirit of comfort would draw near to them. We pray for those with power over war or peace, for wisdom, discernment and compassion to guide their decisions. Above all, we pray for all your precious children, at risk and in fear, that you would hold and protect them. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Loving God, we pray for all those who are suffering as a result of the terrible earthquake in southern Turkey and northern mm -hmm. Syria. We pray for the many, many people who are grieving at this time for lost loved ones. And we pray that some may still be found alive in the ruined buildings. Thank you, Lord, for those who are caring for the injured and the wounded. And for all those involved in the rescue and relief operations. Lord, hear us. Lord, graciously hear us. Gracious God, we thank you for this time together in prayer. And as we look forward to the week to come, help us to be a light in the darkness to others and show us ways we can develop consistency and integrity in all that we do in our lives for you. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
And so as we prepare to share in communion, we're going to sing our offertory song, <coughs> Here is Bread, Here is Wine. Let's stand to sing together. Father, we thank you for all your good gifts given to us. And we, are, we hear that, do not worry. And Lord, we ask that you help us not to worry, because you provide. Thank you for all you provide for our church, both in this place and, and given in many other means. We thank you, Lord, for all you give to us. Amen. Amen. So we're going to share the peace with each other, and we're going to share that in a COVID-friendly way. And what I mean by that is if you would rather people didn't approach you, uh, that you just stay sat. Uh, but if you're happy to uh, mingle and share the peace, please do that as you so choose. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Let's share the peace with each other.
we're going to use Eucharistic Prayer D. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Almighty God, good Father to us all, your face is turned towards your world. In love you gave us Jesus, your Son, to rescue us from sin and death. Your word goes out to call us home to the city where angels sing your praise. We join with them in heaven's song. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Father of all, we give you thanks for every gift that comes from heaven. To the darkness, Jesus came as your light. With signs of faith and words of hope, he touched untouchables with love, and wash the guilty clean. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. The crowds came out to see your son, yet at the end they turned on him. On the night he was betrayed, he came to table with his friends to celebrate the freedom of your people. This is his story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus blessed you, Father, for the food. He took bread, gave you thanks, broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus then gave thanks for the wine. He took the cup, gave it and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it. In remembrance of me. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Therefore, Father, with this bread and this cup, we celebrate the cross on which he died to set us free. Defying death, he rose again and is alive with you to plead for us and all the world. This is our story. This is our song. Hosanna in the highest. Send your Spirit on us now, that by these gifts we may feed on Christ with open eyes and hearts on fire. May we and all who share this food offer ourselves to live for you and be welcomed at your feast in heaven, where all creation worships you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. 
receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. Our custom continues of uh, the bread being served at the table in the middle and the wine at the, the tables either side. Uh, and the stewards will direct you and there's non-alcoholic wine at the table on this side of the church.
the body of Christ keep you in eternal life. Amen. The blood of Christ keep you in eternal life. Let's pray for those who can't join us in church. Father, we pray for all those who are unable to join us here in church in person. And we pray that your hands of healing and strength would be upon them. And may you, Lord, travel with them uh, this week too. Bless them, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And we pray this prayer together following communion. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. So would you like to stand as we sing our final hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. O oh God, our Father, let's stand and sing out this hymn of praise together.
Now, I don't know if the uh, young people, children, uh, Rachel or Ellie, got any feedback you want to tell us about what you've been doing? No, don't have to at all. That's fine. Don't worry. Okay. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you. What you will eat or what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air or the flowers in the fields. If God takes such good care of birds and flowers, how much more will he take care of you? So don't be afraid. Instead, let your lives be marked by compassion and generosity, sharing what you have been given with those in need, storing up your treasure in heaven instead of here on earth. And may the blessing of God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, encourage and strengthen you this coming week in every good word and deed. So we go in peace to love and to serve the Lord in the name of Christ.